0: Our third scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 3 and 11 through 32. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around, his fa- around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his sa- slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat, so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found." The Gospel of the Lord. The story of the prodigal son is probably one of the most familiar of Jesus' teachings. Like the story of the Good Samaritan, this is one of the teachings of Christ that has helped shape the popular imagination of our cultural landscape, which means that we should take extra care when approaching this familiar text. In fact, it's generally a good rule of thumb that when we're approaching a scripture passage that feels familiar to us, we should do our best to view that scripture from as many angles as possible. Additionally, we should go out of our way to view parables like this, where we're casting ourselves in an uncomfortable role. Christ's lessons were often aimed at people who thought of themselves as good and proper people of faith, but through his storytelling lessons, he challenged them to think about whether they were as faithful as they believed themselves to be. So I will not be considering this parable through the eyes of the Father. It would be too easy for us to see ourselves as the least difficult character in this text. I also think it's safe to assume that in this teaching the Father is symbolic of God. It would be wrong of us to think that we are the ones who have any reward to hand out. All that we have comes from God. At best, maybe, We're one of the slaves that shows up on the periphery of this story to share the news of what is happening with other characters. At worst, we're one of the sons. So let us first consider the tale from the perspective of the prodigal son. Prodigal, by the way, meaning one who is wasteful or reckless. Let us consider how we might be like this wasteful, reckless son. The story begins with this younger son approaching his father to demand his share of the inheritance. Off to a bad start, right off the bat. This son, apparently unwilling to make his own way in life, much like a modern trust fund baby, wants the world handed to him with no work on his part. And so he takes what his father gives him and goes off and blows all the money. What he did, we don't quite know, and it doesn't really matter, because the result is the same. His response to receiving such a precious gift from his father is to throw it away. And then, this son has to learn the hard way the consequences of his actions. The land that he has moved to is struck by famine. A land that he once saw full of opportunity is suddenly filled with nothing more than hardship. And so, for a while, the son does try to make do. He hires himself out to work in the fields. And it should be noted that not only is he subjecting himself to back-breaking labor, but he's reduced to working with animals that Jesus' audience would have understood to be ritually unclean. So this son goes from having everything in the world in front of him to being at the absolute bottom of society because he did not appreciate the gift and the opportunity that was in front of him. This son, in other words, is like all of humanity. We are all born in the image of God. We have untold potential set in front of us. But we all live in a broken world, a world that encourages us to make the wrong choices, that encourages us to squander the gifts and graces which God has bestowed upon us to quote Article 7 of our Articles of Religion, Original sin standeth not in the following of Adam, but it is the corruption of the nature of every man that naturally is engendered of the offspring of Adam, whereby man is very far gone from original righteousness, and of his own nature inclined to evil, and that continually. And if that language is a little bit too archaic, let me offer the slightly more modern Article 7 of our Confession of Faith. We believe man has fallen from righteousness and apart from the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, is destitute of holiness and inclined to evil. In other other words, people are the worst. This is a statement that some find it offensive to hear a preacher speak But there is no denying that like the younger son in this story, humanity is inclined to our worst intentions. John Wesley once made a comment along the lines of, if you need proof of sin, look in the daily newspaper. And that sentiment holds true some 200 years later. But just as for the younger son in this story, the situation for each of us is not hopeless. The son realizes at some point that as he struggles on his own, he has a generous father and a home that he can return to. And so he does, he sucks up his pride, prepares to throw himself upon his father's mercy and heads back home. The son is so ashamed of himself that he's prepared to renounce his claim to sonship. So he must have been shocked to find his father rushing out to kiss him and welcome him home. He must have been even more shocked as his father sends the slaves off to prepare a slaughter of the most precious calf in the whole herd. This son had humiliated himself, had taken advantage of his father, and in the moment of his greatest shame, he receives an extravagant welcome. This story, in my opinion, is the perfect story to capture the wonder and joy of communion. As we come to the table confessing our shortcomings, we are received by our Heavenly Father, welcoming us with open arms, a loving heart, and abundant grace. And here is where we have to start to see the story through the eyes of the older son. Imagine how you would feel in his shoes. As he says to his father, He has stayed and worked the fields like a slave. He has been obedient to his father's wishes. And not once has his father celebrated him like this. And now, now that his brother returns in shame, the best of the best is offered in celebration? Where is the justice in that? Sadly, I think too often the church sounds like this older brother. I think this is the role filled by many of those who've been raised in the church their whole life. Why should the church throw its doors open to people who live lifestyles we don't approve of? I've seen this attitude at a church where someone professed during Bible study that they think less of someone who walks in the door with tattoos and piercings. I've seen it in other churches that speak of inclusivity, but foster an environment where you're looked at sideways if you show up on Sunday morning dressed in something less than a suit. I see it in the global church when we deny inclusivity to people based on their sexual orientation. Like the older brother, those in the church can start to see themselves as the only one worthy of inheritance. Like the younger brother, they forget their place in thinking that the property of the father is theirs to command, but unlike the younger brother, who wears his rebellion on his sleeve and his contrition on his lips, this older brother has no contrition in his soul and fosters his rebellion in secret. So let us hear the words of the father. Child, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this sibling of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. Our life with God should always be one of celebration. We do not have to fear that we will not receive what is due to us. What God has promised, God will make true. But in the meantime, we should celebrate every person that realizes their sacred worth. We should run and tell others about the feast which our Father is throwing. We should bring as many of our siblings back home as we can find out there adrift and alone. Our Father's joy is our joy, and our siblings' redemption is our own. Amen. Please pray with me. God of extravagant grace, help us to know the love that you have for each and every one of us. Keep us from seeing your love as a limited resource. Fill our hearts so that we are inspired to share your good news with all the children of your creation. And together, let us all feast at your banquet. Amen.